God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right, welcome to another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. How you doing, Bob? Long time no talk. I'm doing pretty good. Now, what are people saying about the double whammy of the podcast coming out twice a week? Because, I mean, I know listenership is down because people aren't necessarily driving around in their cars the way they used to. But what are people saying? I feel like they're all saying we want the double cheeseburger. No, they love it because we here that here's why they love it. <clears throat> number one, they like our podcast. So that's number one. Number two, our podcasts are consistently 30 minutes. So right. they know that they're just going to get a quick little flavor burst, kind of like a gusher. Remember, you eat the gusher and there's a little burst of liquid in there. When you say gusher, mm-hmm. My sense memory is so acute, I feel like I have a gusher in my mouth right, right. now. Right. You get that little sour thing at the back of your tongue. Uh, Dude, yeah. my my mouth just created a bunch of saliva because it it fe- like actually feels like I have a gusher in my mouth right now. Number three is, and it's a rule that we generally have stuck to really well, especially in the last eight weeks, is we are not talking about the virus. And, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I know you do too, Um and, you know, it's a big thing happening in everyone's lives, but goddamn, every podcast talks about it, and it really does get old. So we provide a, a, a I break. I do not that. know what you're talking about right now. Exactly. So the the feedback's been really good for that, and I think that uh, we're giving people just a break from, from life, which was true, you know, six months ago and true now, too. So Here's my job as a human being to entertain. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I was watching some dude on the internet... And guess what he was doing? What? Not being funny. But not just not being funny, insisting on not being funny. Well, maybe he's not funny. And insisting on wanting to be taken seriously. Now, here's what I did while I was listening to that. I got so bored, I turned into a piece of wood. (laughs) And then I I rotted and became sawdust. Went into the earth, became a plant that grew into a mighty oak tree, was sawed down by future aliens, turned into another piece of wood, and then transported back in time where I became a human being. And all that happened in the course of about three seconds, listening to this blowhard, (laughs) boring ass bitch. This dude was so fucking boring. I was like, who? But here's the thing that, and listening to him didn't even make me mad. Because I'm like, this guy can't help being boring as fuck. B-A-F. He can't help being bath. Here's who I was You're born bath. Yeah. If you're born bath, you're born bath. You're born bath. But here's who I was mad at. The fucking... 17,000 people or whoever, how many people they were that were listening to this bath motherfucker and not turning into a piece of wood. Right. Because they were born bath too, though, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever it is. I'm just like, come on. Just say either something interesting or funny, but don't just fucking blow consonants and syllables at my ass. <laughs> God damn, life's too short. You fucking blow hard motherfucker. God damn it. But that's the world, dude. Dude, 
How about fucking high school? I went to a fucking, my son was having like a high school, like when you first go to high school, all the parents have to show up. Oh, orientation? Right. Oh my God. I got in there, dude, and these motherfuckers were like, hey, by the way, in case you're wondering, I'm about to be bath. And I'm like, do you have to be? And they're like, oh yeah. I'm about to be bath af. Bath af. That's boring as fuck as fuck. <laughs> That's double. Oh, I was so angry. And it went on, dude. It, and I couldn't get up. Cuz now I'm a now I'm representing my son. So I couldn't just get up and like here's what I felt like doing. I felt like getting up, going out cuz it was in the in the gymnasium. Going out to where the guy was speaking, pulling my pants down and taking a shit on the lectern and then leaving. Guess what that wouldn't be? Bath. Bath. It definitely wouldn't be bath bath. That'd be one of the most interesting things that anyone had ever seen in their entire lives. Well, it happened in my mind. Right. In my mind, it was less than bath. Because, only, but only because I imagined doing it. Let's read a few emails here. We get a lot of emails. You can write to us, bobandclint at gmail.com. And I want to hit some of these. Wes Cruz right in. And he was asking about the live Instagrams that we've been doing. So basically, 4.30 on Wednesdays, we do the first episode of the week. Or I guess it's the second episode of the week because it's the one that comes out on Thursday. We basically do that on Instagram live. So go follow us on... Uh, at Bob and Clint uh, on Instagram, and then you can you can see those things. Or if you just follow, keep up with Bob's uh, Instagram account, that's where we do those, right? Anything else to add about that? Nope. Just be on Instagram all the time, but mainly at 4.30 on Wednesday Central. Roy Brasino says, I'm here working from home and listening to Bob's story about his crabs. I can't stop laughing. My family thinks I'm crazy. The details are so awesome. I love the line, a six-pack of whatever. The best part of the lockdown by far. Thanks for the laughs. That was a nice email. Dude, I don't know what I said on that Crabs episode, but I was, I'm doing a, a thing for TED Talks and I was talking to the production crew about it and they're like, oh yeah, we've seen you on Instagram. I'm like, uh, what? And they're like, yeah, we saw you on Instagram. I'm like, is it where I was like split screen with Clint? And they're like, yeah, there was another guy on the screen with you. And I'm like, was I talking about Crabs? And they're like, yeah, that's the one. And I'm like, and we're still doing the Ted thing? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, what did I say on there? Well, you left quite the impression, apparently. Anyways, these people on Ted, they were all about it. Technology. What is it? Technology. I don't know. I don't watch fucking Ted Talks. Technology, education, and defense. It's not defense. There's no way it's defense. Delight. Delight. Technology. Envelopes and delightfulness. Bridget Wallace writes, thanks for sharing your music and creating your podcast. She's a new patron, by the way. So uh, thanks for the email, Bridget. And uh, and also thanks for the support on Patreon. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash IOK. You immediately get two songs that Bob and I wrote together. Once the once things settle down in terms of the opening of the country, we're going to be getting these postcards out. And uh, you also get access to The Secret Weekly, which bonus five to ten minute episode, little episode light episodettes after each proper episode. And then you also get every song I write and record each month, which at this point, starting from January, is like already like 35 or 40 songs. So <clears throat> that's cool over there. Let's see. So my writes, Dear Bob and Clint, thank you so much for doing this service to humanity. 
I'm telling everyone about episode 82. It was as good as I thought it would be. I don't even remember what that episode was. Do you? Was it the uh, sandwich story one? I learned more on the webinar, but you're better for the soul. You make us forget about how hard things are for a whole half hour. It's the best. I hope you don't remember me from when I lived in Austin. Keep it up. Loving you guys. P.S. I heard some of your music. Heard some music of you, Bob, playing banjo. I'm glad I found the other Bob. I'm not sure what that what? is. You ever played banjo? Um, I mean, I own a banjo. I have played a banjo. Uh, do I know of any banjo tracks of mine that are out there? Not really. You weren't in the woods playing a banjo and maybe raping a, a guy who came in on a boat in the woods? I was definitely in the woods. I was definitely playing a banjo. I was definitely performing fellatio on a man. Okay. I was def definitely eating somebody's severed, hacked off foot. I was definitely, my hands were turning black and my knees were green. I definitely ate spam. Mm -hmm. Cooked or raw? Raw. Out of the can. Out of the can. And then, and then I'm told you ate the can also. I tried to eat the can, but it's hard to eat a can of spam. Man. Man. <laughs> People wonder how why we're songwriters and and the proofs in the pudding, dude. The proofs in what the proofs just in the fucking pudding, man. Hey, man, the proofs in the pudding. Hey, yo, where's the proof? Did you check the pudding? I did not check the pudding. Why would the proof be in the pudding? We're trying to solve a murder here. Well, because that's where I put it. What? Why? I didn't want anyone to find it, and there was a lot of pudding. Here's the problem, dude. I ate all that pudding. Oh shit! So you now ate the, the proof. Now the proof's in my poop. <laughs> the proof's in my poop. Again? And guess what? I'm not looking. <laughs> it is again. <laughs> Dude, quit putting the proof in the pudding because it's going to end up in my poop. Can you do me a favor and quit eating the pudding proof? Because then it turns into <laughs> to proof poop and I have to keep going through that. This pudding is so delicious. I can't stop eating it. Right. So quit putting the proof in the delicious pudding. It surprises me to no end that when you're eating the pudding, you don't taste the proof in there because the proof does not taste like pudding. The pr proof tastes like an old an old boot, an old shoe. Proof doesn't taste like anything. Proof's an idea. It's a concept. It has no flavor. So when you put the proof in the pudding, it just tastes like pudding. And then you're just eating it. And you're going, mm, this is delicious pudding. And you're turning it into poop. Right. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, the proof's in the pudding. And you're like, mm, uh oh, I wish you wouldn't have put it in there. Right. But then you could also say when they when you go, well, now the proof's in the poop. And then now you're bringing over poop to somebody's house. And then you're like, here's here's the proof. And then they're like, no, that's poop. And then you're like, yeah, it's a concept. Enjoy my poop. Uh, Amy Ording writes in tarantulas and stuff. She says, hi, Bob and Clint. Finding your podcast has been a little bit like finding a pot of gold under a rainbow. A pot of poop under somebody's <laughs> pooper. It's like finding a pot of poop <laughs> under somebody's poop hole. Mmm, look at all that poop. How did it get there? Oh, somebody pooped it out from their poop hole. Mmm. <laughs> oh, boy. She says, how have I missed it all this time? I've been binge listening for about a week. Bob, I've been a fan for over 20 years. And Clint, I'm grateful to discover your music through the Patreon link. I'm an eighth grade special education teacher. And listening to your podcast has been a great reward after a gruesome day of remote learning. Before I move on to the question I have for you, I've got to tell you that my four-year-old daughter is obsessed with the song Tarantula. 
She's insisted we listen to it for our entire hour-long commute in both the morning and afternoon before. Luckily, I never get tired of hearing it. She'll analyze the lyrics and be like, so, Mommy, do you think the candle was what caused the spell then? Hilarious. So here's my question. Bob, I've seen your shows almost every time you come to Chicago, and I've started recognizing faces over the years, the same people in the crowd over time. It got me thinking, do you guys start to recognize faces at venues and all the cities you visit after a while? Or are you totally not focused on looking at people while you're playing? And more interestingly, have you come up with names for certain people since you don't really know them? Like, oh, there's front and center Felicia again, or Tacky McTackerson, who talks loudly during guitar solos. Our heartfelt thanks to both of you guys for sharing your talents of music and comedy with us. Wishing you and your families well. Fondly, Amy from Chicago. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, that's like... Thanks, Amy. I do... Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, yeah, for sure, I recognize people, but I don't take the time to make up names for them. That'd be like making up names for trees. I know that everybody <laughs> has a name, and I know that all trees have names, but here's not what, I, I only have a limited amount of time on the earth, and what, I'm not going to make up a fake name for something that has a name. So, And all trees have names, huh? Like that tree in front of me, I'm like, is it an oak tree? Oh, it's not? I don't know what it is, but it is something. So here's what I'm not going to do. Try to think of a fake name for it. Oh, you know what I'm going to call it? I'm going to call it an elephant tree. No, I'm not. I'm just done if I don't know what it is. So if I don't know somebody's name, I'm not making up a fake name for them. I got other things to think about, like like poop. The proof. Exactly. And did I eat it or did I not eat it? And is it in my poop or is it not in my poop? So, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. But I, I do recognize people. And it's fun to see people again and again because I don't know if people like come over and over, then I'm, I feel like that's the greatest compliment anybody can give me. It's one thing to say, Oh, I love your music. Come to five shows. That's the real proof. You don't need to look in the pudding or anybody's poop. Just look into the audience. And if you've seen that guy four or five times, there's your proof. No poop the, necessary. The proof's in that pudding. Did I sound like Marge? <laughs> Homer. I feel like that's pretty good, Marge. Just a grunting. Homer. 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 Homie. God. Dude, who knew I did that fucking perfect Marge? Homer. Your list of talents continues to grow in a maze. He right. Matt writes in, I fucking love you guys. I was wondering what guitar Bob uses to write songs and do different guitars differently inspire you both during your songwriting process bob do you ever use an electrical guitar or other instruments for the main writing process clint i know you slay it on electric guitar like you slayed renee zellweger (laughs) oh boy that's funny um yeah so what's your guitar situation when you're writing is there one you go to is there one that you know there's some good sauce in or do you pick up a different instrument sometimes to get some inspirato from a different vibe i'm gonna let you answer this question yeah i mean there's different instruments that are going to do different things like i've got a baritone guitar that's tuned differently and sounds different and if i feel kind of stuck i'll pick that guy up but mostly because what i mainly do for living is play guitar uh i have amassed a, a wonderful collection of beautiful instruments they're all tailored to sort of a different thing and when I'm playing songs for, for Bob, which I played a song for Bob this past week, I, I know based on what the song is asking for, which guitar to grab. In terms of songwriting, it'll be just be anything laying around. Yeah, that's kind of the way I am. I have a bunch of guitars in the studio. I have a bunch of just sort of random instruments as well. And I'll just, whatever my eye lands on, I'll grab. And, and usually, um, 
you can, I mean, you can come up with anything from anything. Yeah. But when I'm buying a guitar, I do have this thing if I'm, and I, I rarely, rarely buy anything anymore, but I used to buy guitars and I used to buy instruments. So I'd be in the store and I'd pick something up and I'd play it. And if I started writing a song, I would buy that guitar. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, there's songs in this guitar. Right. It's untapped or something. And so then I would buy it. But then I would pick up another guitar and nothing would come. And I'd be like, I'm not buying this guitar. There's no songs in this guitar. Yeah. I've done the exact same thing. When, how often do you sit down and start writing from a piano or a keyboard sound rather than a guitar? Does that ever happen? It does. It does. But not often. Not very often, but I have a piano in the studio and sometimes I'll sit at that and start fucking around and then I might come up with something that way. But that's even rarer. Do you ever start a song based on like a loop that you found in Machine or like a a program that has samples and maybe that's the first thing is more rhythmic or... Yeah, sometimes I did that this week. I wrote a song that's sort of a... That ended up being sort of a jammy sort of a... New Orleans kind of thing. But when I started out, I it had this like sort of reggae loop that I found in Apple Loops, uh, this little organ that was like, beep, 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 beep. And then I wrote a whole song kind of around that loop. So, I mean, it's like any, it's like anything. It's like putting a seed in the ground. You don't know what it's going to be uh, when you put it in the ground because none of the seeds are labeled and then you water it and then it pops out and you're like, oh, I thought this was going to be reggae, but it's actually a jam band song. I feel like that's been one of the toughest things about kind of the the new normal with, you know, everyone, my whole family being home all the time while I'm trying to carve out time to work on music is in songwriting. You have the idea of the song, even if you know what the song is, then it's time to put all the candy on it. It's time to make it sound like a song. But for, I don't know if you're like this, Bob, but sometimes I have a really clear idea like, oh, there's a piano part that's going to do this, bing, bing, bing. But most of the time, I don't know what it needs yet. So it's me finding a piano sound and then playing through it to figure out if any of that works or putting a drum loop on or, and then and a lot of times some of that doesn't work. So you go through this whole process to realize, oh, it doesn't even need that. And that, that just takes a lot of time and it can be kind of stressful, especially if, if what you hear in your head, you're having trouble realizing it for the song. You ever run into that? I don't care anymore. I don't, I don't care. So I just, uh, I'll just do, I'll do something and then I'm like, oh, that works or it won't work. And then, yeah, I don't care. I just, I don't spend, I really spend very little time putting songs together when I write them now. I'm just like, I just throw it stuff sound, at it. It doesn't sound it, like it because your, your songs have a bunch of stuff on them. They do, but... uh I don't spend a lot of time like trying to come up with the perfect thing. Now, every once in a while, I'll spend some time like trying to find the right drum sound or something. And when I say spend some time, I mean like 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. which 10 minutes doesn't seem like a long time. But when you have a really small window of opportunity to to be writing songs, which I think both of us kind of do because we have families, uh, 10 minutes is kind of a long time. And it can be stressful. I get why... That can stress you out, but again, I mean, I don't, I don't really worry about it. I figure, ah, if I can find it. You can always find it later because the way we record nowadays, everything's in the computer, so you can always go back and change it and fix it or do whatever you want. I've learned about myself that I never go back to these songs. There, once I get them birthed and done, uh, it's over because I'm already, I'm, you know, the next week comes so fast. I'm already having to do another thing, and then before I know it, the the month has added up to fifteen songs. 
And uh, I can't just go back and read because I'll do that. Like the, when I get finally get it birthed and s- I'll send it out to you, you know, because we have a deadline. I'll think, oh, I didn't really quite finish whatever. I'll just do that later. And then I never really go do that because it feels weird to go back to it. But that's self-imposed pressure for sure. I've been doing a live stream every Monday and I have been playing to my tracks. So I have been doing a little bit of going back and replacing some of the drums or or making it less crazy sounding uh, <laughs> just so I can perform them. Right. Uh, you know, maybe taking out some weird synthesizer stuff. That's just, it's too much, you know, when you're performing it. So I have been doing a little bit of that. But it's the first time I've ever done anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first time I've ever performed with tracks, actually. And I kind of like it. It's hard to perform to tracks when you're playing live, because especially if you're using acoustic instruments, because you want that acoustic sound in the room. And if it's not there, it just feels weird. But since I'm performing on the internet, you don't need any of that. Because even if somebody was playing the drums in the room, you wouldn't have that in, you know, when the person heard it on the other side. So it's actually the first time I'd been able to play with tracks and 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 be okay with it because it's even though I'm singing the song live and I'm playing it live on guitar, uh, the person that's hearing it is hearing it all through a speaker. So hmm. uh, it's interesting. It, it kind of works. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it would work. When all this is done and we start playing, you know, live gigs in front of people, I don't know if it'll work that way, but it's working now and it's it's kind of fun. I'm yeah. enjoying it because I've never done it before. But you've played in bands where you play with to tracks, right? Yeah, a lot, especially in the last maybe five, six, seven years. Yeah. Now, how does that work? Because I don't think people understand how that works. So, you know, it's not like lip syncing. It's not like Millie Vanilli. Most bands these days play with backing tracks. So what that means is there's information from the records that we can't do live because we only have four people on stage. So like keyboards or piano parts or like an organ line, pads, maybe some BGVs will all be in the track. So what that so here's That's what it background means. background vocals motherfucker. A little industry talk. What so what that means is the show is on a grid because when you're playing to, to the backing tracks, you're locked in. Uh, you can't improvise. You can't, you know, there are ways around it. You There there are ways to program in. Like if you want to add a four bar thing, you can, the drummer can trigger it with drum triggers. Uh, but we don't really do that that much. So we just, re- we, we figure out in production rehearsals, we build those moments in basically. Moments that seem spontaneous and the gig that I've been in the last four years that seem like jammy or spontaneous or like we go into rock and roll playing Led Zeppelin for a minute. We program all that in in production rehearsals. And we all know exactly where it's going to hit. And we even have in our in-ear monitors, we have counts going intro, two, three, four, bridge, two, three, four. All of that is in our ears, the tracks, the click, and a count. Is there so, every once in a while, is there every once in a while in your ears like, you look good in those pants, bitch. <laughs> like, does anybody, everybody are like, hey, man, your hair looks Bang in. Here's here's what it's not even sometimes it's all the time. Here's what's in my ears along with the tracks. You're a fat piece of shit and unworthy Ew. of love. Who? What kind of monster is putting that in your tracks? His name's Clint Wells, dude. That dude's not cool. Why is he doing that? Because he's a monster, and and hurt people hurt people. You know why he's doing that? Why he's trying to one up 
he's trying to get ahead of the of the haters. Right. Because he's like, if I do it first, then I'll be ready for it when the others do it. But guess who's not doing it? Nobody else. <laughs> Only Clint Wells. And nobody else is doing it. Right. So Clint Wells is like, you fat fuck. Now I'm ready. And then you're look, looking around and nobody's saying it or thinking it. Right. But I can't hear them. I don't have a feed from there, from them into my ear. It just me. Dude, I'll, I do the same thing. It's so Dude, nobody on this earth, even if they started now, could ever have treated me with less respect <laughs> and just sheer punishment than I've treated myself throughout my entire life. Right. So fucked up. Yeah. What's wrong with us, dude? I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. Uh, Jordan Smiley, who's a patron, thankfully, writes, Hey, guys, just wanted to start off by saying I love the show. Definitely the best podcast out there. I know Bob talks a lot about not making it big because of all the crazy, silly stuff he does, but I think that's what makes him so great. Having this funny-ass stuff right next to these amazing, deep, heartfelt tunes. Zip. Couple of questions for you guys. Clint, I know you work a lot writing and playing for other musicians. Do you ever think about a solo project? I would love to hear that. Also, I know you guys are awesome together. Have you and Bob thought about doing any music projects besides a couple of songs here and there? Thanks for your time. We've never really talked about that. We did that Hot Command thing, but that was like two shows or something. Yeah, here's what I'll never do as long as I live my life. I will never be in a musical project that requires... Uh, compromise in any way. Right. Like I will just, uh, now that I've, now that I'm the captain of my own ship, I would never go back to doing anything where I had to like rely on somebody to, to, to do this. Now, what we do with the podcast is that it's, it's, we're compromising. We, we have disagreements about things and how the show should be done. And it's taken, and we've learned a lot and we've grown a lot. And, at some point, we're going to start going out, you know, once we're going to go on the road and we're going to do these podcasts live and stuff. And so in that situation, it is going to be like being in a band where it's going to be a joint project. So in that regard, yes, but it's not it. It's not my main thing. And I just I couldn't imagine doing uh, any not not with you, Clint, or with with. Tom Waits or with Randy Newman or anybody or Paul Simon. I just would never do it. Right. It's just, it's kind of like once you're, once you've gotten used to doing it this way, you would never relinquish the power, I guess. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. It sounds like some sort of premise for a Ghostbusters sequel, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, as far as me ever doing a solo project, no, there's just, I've just devoted most of my adult life into being a guitar player. And then over the last five years, I've started transitioning from that into a songwriter and uh, having to just restart as a, some sort of solo artist doesn't really make any sense to me. And I don't really ever perform any of my so my stuff live. So you can go to my SoundCloud page and download like over a hundred songs th that are just free to download. So if you like the sauce and the flavor, it's all over there. Yeah, it is. It is a weird thing to think about how much energy it takes to start any sort of project. Like even when I did that hot command thing, which was sort of an electronica side project, you and me, I think played, I did two gigs, one with you and one solo mm -hmm. with hot command. And just the idea of the amount of energy that it takes, especially in today's world where there is so much competition and so much content, the idea of all the energy it would take 
to even register like a fly speck on a windshield of the world is crazy to think about. Like it just, there's just not enough energy in the world to, you have to be a young person to want to do that. Yeah. But if you were 18 or 19 and you're writing all these songs, you had all these songs, you would do it. You would, you would go show up at open mics and perform and start booking solo shows. But at a certain point, I don't know, man, the idea of doing anything at my age, I mean, and you're a lot younger than I am, but even then it's just, the thought of it's too much, right? Well, I just, I, I mean, there's also like just a lot of practical elements. Like, well, what have I spent a lot of my adult life working towards? Am I just done with that now? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Like the thing that, right, right. it was my dream. I mean, dude, to be able to make money playing guitar is a dream come true. Now I'll find, yeah. I'll find something to bitch about in the, in the best scenario, but I, I do maintain the perspective that like when I was a kid and I, and a guitar happened, happened to me and when the first time i played wish you were here and it sounded like pink floyd and i thought that was when like the connection of like oh those guys are just normal people and what they did i can do so going from that to being 36 and like having haven't had a normal job in like 12 or 13 years and i've gotten to tour the world and be and been paid i'm not just some loser in a garage like it's real that's no joke you know and so i also Songwriting for me isn't something where I feel the need to go express those songs to people. I don't really care if people hear them that much. They're for me and uh, and for other artists that I write them for. So it's just a different, it's just what you want. What do you want out of your life? You know, and I don't think I want sure. that. I wouldn't want the responsibility that you have to sell the tickets. You're, you're the, what's generating all of the interest around the whole thing. Like you're the nucleus of that whole project. I've always liked just being the guitar player. And supporting yeah. that. I get that too. I've done a couple things in my life. Not many, but I've done some things where I've sat in with somebody and played guitar or something or sat in and played piano. And there's something kind of nice about not carrying the weight of yeah. the show on your shoulders. Yeah. Like you're just there to kind of support this thing. And it's pretty nice. Like it's there's something really kind of wonderful about it. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. And I like being able to interact with the band. I like being able to lay out. I like if you look at me and it's my time to step up and do something extraordinary with the guitar, like a solo or do, or if we're going to get weird, I like stepping up to the plate. Like, but I also like just hanging back too and letting someone else, you know, letting Oliver step up and do something crazy. And you're one of the very best at what you do. Like, you're great at laying out. You're great at playing a little bit. You're great at playing everything it needs you're great at doing the fucking rock star solo you're you look cool you're a great hang uh on the bus after the show before the show you're you're as good as anybody i've ever worked with and i've worked with fucking david grissom who's as good as anybody and uh, i've worked with some amazing players and you're as good as anybody doing it so well, thank you for saying you that. Be, Let's, you should be proud of I'm gonna, that. I'm going to sample that and play that, and I'm going to have that fed into my ears instead of the fat piece of shit thing, because I, I think that'll probably make me feel better than the other thing. Yeah. Well, we're out of time, dude. It just flew by again. Let's kick it to the Secret Weekly. We love you guys. We'll see you right into us, bobandclint at gmail.com. Bob's other podcast is called The Song Club Podcast. My other podcast, of course, The Metallica Podcast. Metal up your podcast. You can support us by leaving a review on iTunes, writing in bobandclint at gmail, or... If you can, if you're willing and able and you think the show has value, 
Uh, you can support us via Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the letters I-O-K. And with that, we will leave you. Peace. 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 <laughs>